0: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi there, this is Martina Navratilova, and you're listening to the Tennis
1: Podcast. Welcome to the Tennis Podcast on a quite extraordinary day of tennis. Four semi-finals in one day, but the only real talking point, despite the fact that we have the 42nd instalment of the djokovic federer rivalry to look forward to, the big talking point, Simon Briggs, is the fact that Serena Williams is not
2: going to do the calendar year slam. Yeah, it's been a freaky Friday here at the US Open, and we didn't plan to have these four matches all on the same day. As it is, three of them were quite routine in terms of being very one-sided and the one everyone will remember forever uh, is the Serena match where she lost to Roberta Vinci so that's uh, really up there with uh, Sampras against George Bastel and those kind of absolute um, massive banana skin shockers from you know the heydays of tennis and it's hard to imagine a bigger uh, upset that's ever been pulled off I mean Nobody thought that Da Vinci would stop her. People thought that she might struggle in the final, perhaps with the sense that this is the last match. But uh, after she got back past Venus pretty comfortably and had played well you know, in the previous round, it, it just came, out of, it came as a bit of a shock certainly did you mentioned the all-time
1: shocks we were going through them some of them during our bbc radio 5 live commentary and talking about things like lucas russell beating nadal mm. going all the way back to steffi graf losing to laurie mcneil in the first round of wimbledon many many years ago matches of that ilk i, I mean i can't think of an, another one on a scale such as this with this much at stake that was the big thing vinci played fabulously But do you feel as though Serena Williams brought her own demise? Is it Dewan against Becker as well? That's right, yeah. Um, Second round of Wimbledon after he was twice defending champion.
2: Yeah, so the difference is not in terms of... It's not as big a gap in terms of the rankings, but it's just because the story was so huge. And I suppose, you know, if Heather Watson had pulled it off at Wimbledon where she was two points away, that would have been pretty big. It's just that... Uh, the, the the train was, was rolling with what felt like an unstoppable momentum and she'd come back so many times I think she'd, she'd dropped the, a set 11 times in in 26 uh, Grand Slam matches before today this year so that she'd come back so many times you just felt that she was somehow going to do this kind of you know, Terminator style um, the, the, the machine that could not be stopped, every time he tried to turn it off, she'd find a way of reigniting the battery, it just didn't happen, so that was why it was surprising, and the fact that she couldn't um, pull out some miraculous shot and in in, when, when Vinci served for it, she had break points to break back at 3-4, was it? And, and they got away from her, and then after that, she, she didn't play well at all when Vinci served the final game, she put her first return in the net, and it was really a bit of a limp end in the, uh, when she finally gave way. Former champion
1: here, Tracy Austin, told me on Five Live earlier today that she felt that Serena Williams effectively froze in the big moment there, when she, you know, she was a set in a couple of games up, and she says it'll haunt her because she'll probably never get another opportunity like this to do the calendar slam.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I can remember seeing her so upset in a press conference, I mean, she was clearly on the point of tears. She didn't cry. She didn't want to talk about her disappointment. She tried to put it all on Vinci playing brilliantly, which was true up to a point, but certainly not 100% the, the story of the day. She, she said, I, I've told you guys I don't feel the pressure. Well, I, you know, I mean, we can say for sure that that wasn't uh, the case because I was out on court for the final set. I had I, I was busy working on my Jamie Murray preview um, the first two sets, and, and she was only hitting cross court. You know, she was hitting the ball pretty solidly cross-court with a lot of weight, but she was not going down the line. She couldn't bring herself to take on the risky shot. So Vinci knew where she was going, and Vinci, being a kind of a doubles player with a lot of skill in her hands, was just able to bunt the ball back and, and almost wait for the errors, and because there was nothing coming from Williams to surprise you. She, you just knew she was going to lean on the ball, smack it cross-court, play the safe shot every time because she was uh, too frightened to go for a risk, and that was what she had to do. It was actually, she had to risk something, and she didn't. And we must
1: give enormous credit to Roberta Vinci for a wonderful throwback type of performance. All the skill that she has, chips and slices and angles and touch, she has everything really in terms of the old style tennis player. It was a joy to watch, and of course before that. Flavia Panetta producing a, a cracking performance to knock out Simona Halep. So two big shocks there. And it does mean an all-Italian US Open final. Who would have possibly thought that? Well, not this man. Vincenzo Martucci has been at Gazzetta dello Sport for decades.
3: I start in seven, 1978. Did you ever imagine you would have an all-Italian Grand Slam final to cover? No. This is my last tournament with La Gazzetta after 34 years. And I, I finished in the best way I can imagine. I never seen something like that. This is the biggest day of Italian tennis because we have some uh, uh, championship in uh, slams, but never we have two Finalist in the same tournament in a tournament like this and then the way how, how we won because Penetta beat the number two in the world playing very very good and Vinci in my opinion she played the right way to play Serena with tennis tennis against power and tennis won tennis did win what, what will Italy be doing right now it's very crazy. I mean, in my newspaper, like at Zeta dello Sport, we are doing four pages. We start our newspaper, which is a newspaper well known for soccer, just with this. Uh, they, in, in, in the small place where we live, in Brindisi and Taranto, the place where we live is the same region, Puglia, they are crazy. and the street, people are is so happy. It's, it's incredible. It's something really new for us. Who's going to win the final? <laughs> oh, Italy has already uh, already won. I think uh, Penetta something more. So there's Vincenzo Martucci
1: of Gazzetta dello Sport, Simon Briggs. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's a little bit like
2: Britain having Andy Murray and James, <laughs> James Ward. G- Joe, Joe Conte. Conte. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, there was one eminent British coach who said to me, if Conte can get past Kvitova, I'm seeing final.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been fun.
2: But it, it's great, isn't it? I mean... In, I have no idea who's going to win. Probably if Panetta's the favourite. Uh, I mean, Panetta probably played the better tennis today. Ironically, I'd say Panetta really went after it. Um, where Vinci was sort of playing um, cat and mouse, and if, if Panetta goes after it as well tomorrow, I mean, goodness knows what the what the kind of knock on emotions are going to be. I, uh, Vinci may may find that she's taken a lot out of herself uh, with that that um performance with 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 the moment with the i mean her her, her end of match on court interview was hilarious wasn't it it was that she she just couldn't believe it and she was just kind of t- gabbling at a hundred miles an hour and then her eyes were spinning it was it was it was great fun and, and you could just see the passion that she had but it but it might have taken more out of her maybe than Panetta so yeah, I guess Panetta's a slight favorite but but goodness knows I mean they're both in their first slam final anything could happen.
1: Very straightforward victories for both Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer. I, I, I think they lost about 11 games between them against uh, Marin Cilic. She was obviously injured with, a, with an ankle problem and uh, Stan Wawrinka, respectively. They both look fabulous, though, didn't they? It's going to be some final on Sunday.
2: I hope so, yeah. Um, and, and Federer has obviously lost a few slam finals. Is it just two in a row now that he's lost to, to Djokovic, both Wimbledon's in the last two years? But uh, he's, <laughs> hes his shoes. He's got—he's got, he's got uh, an insignia on his shoes with the trophy and the, and the number five by it—to uh, remind us all that he's won five uh, U.S. Opens. But he hasn't been back to the final here in six years. In fact, Novak has, has twice ousted him in the semis. I think on the way to the final, uh, in, with with some remarkable comebacks. So, uh, some little minor uh, points of, of vengeance maybe to to inflict upon Novak's. Tennis tomorrow, um, or on Sunday, I should say. I'm thinking in paper terms. (laughs) It's tomorrow in paper terms. Um, It should be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it certainly should quick word about Jamie Murray
1: who's into the doubles final British player alongside John Pierce. I know you uh, you had a good chat with him yesterday after the the semi-finals it's a match that's going to be played at midday local time so five o'clock in the UK it's a match we'll be uh, commentating on I'll be actually commentating on doubles that's going to be a bit of a challenge Simon on 5 <laughs> Live Sports Extra looking forward to that though and it's it's one that uh, I mean second grand slam final in a row
2: for Jamie Murray and John Pierce. yeah you can't quite uh, attempt to, to call every shot in doubles. Can you <laughs> you often get about three per second, uh, particularly when Murray is up close at the net? His his reflex volleying skills were on show in the semi final, where he saved match point with a, with absolute blinding uh, backhand poke from about three metre blank point blank range. It was absolutely spectacular. So Jamie, you know. He, He was struggling a couple of years ago. He he lost in Australia in the first round and you wondered how much appetite he had to go on because he didn't have a regular partner. He was really quite demoralized. And then he found John Pierce early in 2013. And since then, been a gradual upward climb, which is really uh, accelerating now because they're the the fourth ranked team in the world, I think, after this tournament. Uh, They're going to be nailed on to play at the O2 in November. They've done a lot of work. Jamie's remodeled his serve. He's improved his his topspin forehand. And it's just great to see a guy investing that kind of effort. And he's actually stepped away from the crowd because for a long time he's been one of a bunch of very good British doubles players. But now he's actually really uh, opened up clear water as clearly the best doubles player in Britain. Well
1: from a British perspective. We wish him all the very best. It's a match that we'll be following with interest on Saturday. There's also the singles final between Flavia Panetta and Roberta Vinci. And then on Sunday, it is the men's singles final, Novak Djokovic against Roger Federer. It couldn't get much more exciting than that, could it? I'm David Law here on the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph alongside Simon Briggs. Thanks for listening to us for tonight. And we'll speak to you soon. <laughs>